before I get started, I'm going to pray. If that's all right with you all. And if it's not all right with you all, that's tough because we're going to the throne. Adonai, before you come, we thank you so much for you being who you are, the king of the universe, the creator, our father. You're everything that we need, and we bless you for that. Now, Lord God, I come and I submit myself to you humbly. All that I am, I submit. Lord God, and I ask that you would bless your people, open up their ears, open up their hearts, that they may hear you, Father God, today. Holy Spirit, do your work. And I pray this in our son Jesus' name. Amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord. So we're going to start our words today from the Mark first chapter, verse 21. And there is a, in the synoptic gospel of Luke 4, 31, 37, you will find the very same story. Starting with, they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and began to teach. They were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, and come out of him. Throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. They were all amazed, so that they debated among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Immediately, the news about him spread everywhere into all the surrounding districts of Galilee. So is the word of the Lord. So I'll start here. In our passage this morning, we find Jesus making a point first to go to the synagogues. And he goes there with a purpose. A purpose. Not just to be passive, but he has a purpose. Now there is an emphasis on the word teach. And we can tell this by the number of times it is used. In those two verses, did you all count with me that there are th- they was mentioned three times? So that's not passive. There is a reason for that, and we need to pay attention when we see a word used multiple times in Scripture. Are y'all tracking with me? All right. So curious minds, I know that someone over here might be asking, what was he teaching that aggravated the demon to speak out and awe the synagogue listeners? To acquire the answer, let's read Matthew's recounting of Jesus' work in Matthew 24, 23. Now, if you all are not going to flip there, just write down the scripture, okay? Y'all go home and y'all do some homework this weekend in y'all Bible studies. Jesus was going throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. How many people... When they look at their map of the Old Test of the New Testament, know that Capernaum was in the Galilean district. Come to the front of the class. <laughs> so, what is he teaching in, in Capernaum? 
the gospel of the kingdom. All right. Y'all going to catch up with us. Another curious mind that's over here might ask this, what is this gospel of the kingdom message? Somebody over here is thinking, well, wait, Jesus had not gone to the Calvary yet, and all of the miracles he performed were in real time for those people at that place. So the gospel of compassion, of grace, love, faith, deliverance, healing, name it, claim it, redemption, and all the other gospels we preach today, that was not applicable. So what is this gospel kingdom message? What is it? Anybody asking that question yet? Nobody? Okay, here we go. <laughs> we know that gospel means good news, do we not? And we know, well, I want to tell you something, because this kingdom of, this gospel of the kingdom, that's the only message Jesus preached. So there has to be something to it. If this is the only one he preached, something is to it. And we, in this day and age, need to understand what that message is. Ah, back to our text. So I want you to transfer your minds back to this synagogue, this setting. Jesus sits down and he starts, and I guess he starts at the beginning to help the listeners understand. So that's where I'm going to start with you, because I really want you to understand this message. God the Father, who is also the king of the universe, has a kingdom. His kingdom is the kingdom of heaven. Spiritual kingdom. Can't see it. Invisible. Y'all with me? All kings, all kings, wants to show their glory and their greatness by expanding their kingdom. He makes colonies or territories. Then these kings send colonists to it in order that the colony has the very same culture as the home culture, as a home country. The colony is to be governed by the same laws as the home country. Now I want y'all to think about this because we've seen it in this country before. Our origins started as a colony, did it not? The home country was England, correct? All right, we got tired of that, all they were, they were trying to do to us and we declared our independence, became a sovereign nation. We developed our own culture. We have a constitution and our own laws. You all on the same page with me? Yes. Now, what did we turn around and do? We made colonies, the United States of America. We have territories. We don't call them colonies, we call them territories. The territory of Puerto Rico, Guam, the US Virgin Islands, do we not? That is, so we're showing our greatness. Where did that originate from? It originated from God the Father, the king of the universe. That's where the concept came from. However, it got perverted by an unemployed cherub by the name of Lucifer. He lost his job in heaven and got kicked out. Are you guys with me? All right. So just like our territories are governed by our constitution, this territory of king, the kingdom of God 
was to be governed by a constitution as well. From cover to cover, this is our constitution. So the king, oh, how did Lucifer inherit it? We know Adam had a really bad day and made some bad decisions. He ate a fruit that he was told not to eat of. From a tree he was told not to eat of. And because of that, everybody coming after he and Eve were born into this kingdom of darkness. We... Adam lost some things. And we stop at, oh, we, we're separated from God. Now there, there is a reason for the redemption, for, for a savior. But guys, we lost something more. We lost our dominion that God had given to us. Somebody says, I don't believe it. All right, we getting there. You hold on to it. So... When, and somebody don't believe that the kingdom was here at the foundation of the creation. That's okay. Because uh, Matthew 25, 34, write that down because that's your Bible study this week. Jesus was having a conversation and he was describing the kingdom in a parable. And he said, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed of my father. Here's this word, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. Did I just prove my point about the kingdom being there at at creation? All right. I'm going to prove to you about your dominion too. Before the colonists were added to the colony, a decree was made a decree was made from the king of the universe. Now, how many people know that when a king makes a decree, that is a law? I think uh, Dr. Joyce went over that a time or two or three or four in some of her teachings. So all the king has to do is say something, and it is. Genesis 1.26 is such a decree, and this is so deep. No matter how many times I read this, the Holy Spirit reveals something more that is in this script, this little pint-sized scripture. Here's what he says. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. What a decree. Can we unpack it a little bit? Just a little bit. So the king of the universe is making a colony, and he's putting colonists in it. These colonists, he's giving them a dominion. Not just anybody has a dominion. Rulers have dominion. And I'm not going to use a capital letter here. I'm going to use a lowercase letter. It's a lowercase k. Rulers have dominion. This is not ownership. This is a management that he is giving to people of the earth. Mm, Help me, Lord. 
when we are here, our dominion already gives us leadership abilities. Leadership. Not only does dominion give you leadership, but it also gives you a purpose for being here. It gives you, if you would like, a reason for being here. So you're not just passing through just to pay bills. You're not passing through to go to visit here just to have kids, just to eat and sleep. There is a reason you have a dominion. So let's figure out a little bit more about this. So not only were they colonists, but they, and they were lowercase k kings, but they were also his children. Children, not subjects, not below. He did not create us to be subjects. He was creating a kingdom, a colonist, if you will, of kings. Somebody look to your left and look to your right. You see those beautiful people sitting to your left and to your right? Did any of them have feathers? Did anybody have claws and paws? Did anybody have leaves and stems on them? Okay, since you didn't see none of that, that means that person is not part of your dominion. He did not give you control over that person. Not just in here, but out there too. Not just in your home, not even in your home. You don't have control or dominion over them. Why? There is that likeness of God that is choice and will. Let that seep through. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he spoke that dominion over me. What does that look like for us now? Because we, all of the birds in the air have been named, right? And everything in the sea has been named, right? They're still finding some of them that's really deep, deep down in there. But for us, we have a gifting that the Holy Spirit gave us. We have spiritual giftings. That's our dominion. Train, develop those giftings, and we walk out our purposing using those giftings. That's not controlling other people. We're not disrespecting somebody else for their giftings either or their dominion. That's not what, how it works in the kingdom of God. There is power and authority in your dominion. In the kingdom of God, it is different, you all. It is different than the kingdoms that we see, these systems that we see, these traditions that we see, that we have experienced here, that, that has oppressed us. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is more liberating. But you have to walk like he told Adam. You are free to eat of every tree, but not this one. Learn how to walk in the dominion that God has given. You will have authority in your dominion. 
There's another aspect to this particular scripture that I want to share with you all. And this is one of them. You really got to allow the Holy Spirit to really, you dig into him and he's going to bring it out in revelation to you is about this particular body. God, when he read, was ready to, um, for the birds, he called the birds out the sky. When he called the fish, he called them out the water. When he was calling the man out, where did he go in to get man? Out of himself. He pulled his spirit out of himself. Then he reached down into that dark earth and then he made an earth suit for that spirit and he put them together. You, this is the ones who is able to do business on this earth. A spirit in an earth suit. Spirit in an earth suit. So he called the first, cre the first created being Adam, being dark earth. Then he went into Adam and pulled out another person. Adam called her Eve. Adam and Eve, Adam said, woo, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This one is my wife. But before they could have any little Adams, Adam's bad day happened. And then they lost their dominion. What are we going to do now? God gave some promises in, in Genesis, and I want you all to read those and read them slowly so that you don't run over any words. Every word is important in that because it, it brings us forward to where we are because Adam lost his culture. He lost uh, he lost the culture of heaven. He lost the inheritance of the kingdom, along with being separated from the Father. We lost our knowledge of justice and equity according to the laws of heaven. We're struggling with those things now. We got a different, we, we struggle because we got this whole culture of this darkness, kingdom of darkness. Am I painting a picture? Okay. Or did I lose somebody somewhere? I hope not. Stay with me. So everybody, uh, all of those afterward, we talked about that. Seth, Cain, Abel, they were born into a different kingdom. So because of Genesis 126, did you know that it's illegal for spirits without bodies to do business here on earth? They got to have this body. That's why those doggone demons are always trying to have hosts in our bodies. They are legal. Illegal. They got kicked out of heaven. I don't know how else to put that for you all. And they're always looking for a way in with us. We got to give them permission. Be careful of allowing plants to, to rule your life rather than you ruling the plants. Plants have a way of lowering your thought process and allowing evil spirits in. Is that nice enough way to put that? <laughs> okay. I don't want to jump in anybody's Kool-Aid and start calling out flavors. <laughs> but I do know that plants are one of the things that has a huge impact on us as humans. Oh, are y'all tracking with me now? Okay. Okay. <laughs>
All right. So this body was not made for demons. It was made for God. The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we are told to keep it, what? Clean. Keep it clean. I want you all to really think about that as we turn our minds right back to this portion of scripture of what's taking place with this demon and Jesus, this interaction between the two of them. So I imagine if Jesus is talking about this dominion uh, that God had originally given to mankind the, and, and about how the demons were illegal and they did not have a place in the human body. That's not what they were designed for. I imagine that demon may have got a little agitated and irritated. I imagine that he would have thought, my kingdom is being threatened here. I'm standing in the presence of this one who is speaking with authority. I'm standing in the presence of the son of God and the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. I'm feeling a little threatened, so I got to say something. And so he did. And Luke, I love that one in Luke, it says, let us alone, exclamation mark. He didn't want no part of Jesus. He wanted Jesus to get up out of there, not even to bother with them. And he want, what is your intent? What are you going to do with us? You notice that Jesus didn't even dialogue with him on anything of that. He simply gave him instructions. When you are on purpose, you are and walking in the authority that God has given you, then you can speak directly to the issues, whatever they may be. Matt calls it your act. Speak to it. Allow the power of the Holy Spirit to use your words, the power, and get it done, whatever that needs to be done. In that situation, it was a demon who was illegal, possessing a man, and he had to go. It works. It works. But you got to have the mind in order to get there for it. If your mind is not there, and knowing that heaven is going to stand behind your words is not going to be effective. But when you know who you are, whose business you are about, you are walking in that authority, you got some demons shaking. Because they know in Jesus' name this has to happen, or in Jesus' name that has to happen. Be it sickness, a financial situation, whatever the circumstances are, use your mouth. The words that the Holy Spirit will give you, he will power them up and make some things happen. Jesus did it. He's our example. You want to know some other examples with some kingdom glimpses? Let me take you to the Old Testament because some of you all don't really believe me, but it's okay. It's okay. Because I want you to consider Abraham. Abraham and Sarah, who were well past their prime, Abraham being 75 years old. Now, if you think that, okay, I am too old for this stuff, 
I'm just going to sit here and rock in my chair. I want you to know you're still breathing, so God has still purpose and work for you. What did he do? Not only did he have Isaac with uh, Sarah, but he had seven, count them, seven more sons. Yes, he did. (laughs) Hagar, Hagar with Ishmael, and then Keturah had six more. He had a total of eight sons, and he started at 75. So don't tell me what you're not able to accomplish at whatever age you are here. Moses was in his 80s, here's another one, when he was leading a million plus people out of Egypt, and we know how delightful they were. (laughs) So with Moses and heaven partnering up, the strong east wind did not start blowing to open up the Red Sea until Moses extended up that staff, did it not? Water didn't come out of the rock until what? Moses did what? Touched the rock, amen, come on. Consider David. He's partnering with heaven. He brought five rocks and a slingshot to a sword fight. (laughs) Who walked away with the victory? He's a young man. Encourage those young people. They got five rocks and a slingshot for some of the sword fights they have at school every day. Partner up with heaven. Let that child know that, look, you got some dominion, you got some gifts here. You, when you go to school, baby, you use these things. And when you need to speak over it, you need to pray over it, you bring the culture of heaven into that classroom. Talk to them like that. Because they need that. They need to be armed so that they can be ready. Age is not a thing here, not in the kingdom of God. You don't wait till you get to a certain age before you start walking in this. No, ma'am, no, sir. I got one more example. He's one of my favorite, if there's anybody. It's the prophet Elisha. Man, I love this man's story. Let me tell you why I love this man's story. Because this man walked in dominion. He had a double anointing up on him, but this man walked in a dominion. Let me see. So how many of us can take a stick, put it in the water, and it becomes a magnet for a sunken iron axe head? How many? He did that. How many of us? Somebody bring a problem to us, like that widow woman who was about to be taken into, what do they call that, borrowers? Her husband had, had borrowed the money. Yeah, debtor's jail, yeah. But what did they do? What did Elisha do? What do you have? I've got some oil. That's it. That's all I got. He gave her some instructions. What did it turn into? A business for her. She's selling oil. Look what the kingdom does in lives. It impacts. It gives power. Y'all, the world has some issues. It got issues. Guess who the, guess who the resolutions are? Us. It's us. God got some answers. He's just waiting on us to come to him and ask him for it. And he will power up a situation. He will change the situation around, but he's waiting on us to get on board with this thing. 
He's waiting on us. He's giving us dominion. He says, come on, these are my kids. I know what's in them. I put it in them. Watch them shine for me. Watch them shine for me. Be bold. Don't cower down. That's not what he put in us. He didn't give us the spirit of fear. He's given us love. To love in our acts, wherever it may be. Love on that person. Don't try to control them and manipulate them. That's not who we're supposed to be. Come on. This is what Jesus is talking to these people about. This is what's angering this devil. This is disrupting this, this, demon's, this demon's situation. This is a threat to this, this kingdom of darkness. We have it within us. There is not an issue that we when we partner with heaven, cannot handle. Not one. Do you all see the difference between the kingdom of God and this kingdom of darkness? Anybody see that at all? All right, some of y'all looking at me like, I don't know about that. (laughs) So if you're seeing that the kingdom of, of God is different from that of heaven, then you can kind of understand that the, rest, the restoration of this kingdom back into mankind was extremely important to God. And he was willing to pay a very high cost in order to get it back. I imagine that God went through all of that to create a colony out of nothing and then put kids in it that were from himself and then for it to be lost, I imagine he wanted it back. Because I know that if you had put a lot of investment into anything yourself, you would want yours back too. Y'all, the citizen of the kingdom of God is not a helpless person. It is in the devils, the Satan, Lucifer's, the, the demons' best interest to keep us ignorant of who we are and what we're capable of. It's in his best interest. It's not in ours. It's in his. So we need to flip that. We need to flip that. Believe who God says we are. Believe that we are a citizen of his kingdom. Believe that we are his children. Believe that we are ambassadors. Lowercase k, lowercase q for the queens of us. This kingdom influences, uh, it influences the developments of our gifts and our talents. It has to, um, because they are important in our purpose. Y'all, if you don't know what your gift is, there are people in this body of believers that will help you identify those gifts. Don't walk out those doors and not know what your gifting is. Everybody cannot sing like Marilyn. Everybody cannot play like, he's not in here. No, we know, can't nobody, look, Amber and and, and Jeremy, mm -mm. (laughs) that's a couple that you just can't touch this. Everybody don't have those gifts over there. Everybody may not be able to teach like Dennis. Everybody uh, may not be able to serve 
in various places, but you have a gift. You have at least one. Some have multiple, but whatever it is, don't walk out and not know. Develop it. It's important. Okay. Some of us, we're over the age 20 in here. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we, when we get over the age of 20, our dreams have been killed between zero and 20. There are some people, you can't do that. That don't make sense. But the kingdom of God is not like that. The father is like dream. Dream big. Go get those dreams back. Let's work on them together. That's the kingdom of God. And he will use those dreams in your purpose and your gifting in order to do a lot to impact. He wants you to dream. He's a father. Y'all, don't be scared of this kingdom of God. There is so much goodness in it, so much goodness in this kingdom. And I imagine that the people who are sitting there listening to what Jesus has to say, they're probably in awe because nobody has told them that they can continue to dream over 20. Nobody tells them that they can still uh, reach their, their dreams and their purpose in their 70s and 80s. They don't have to just go sit in a corner and be quiet. They have, there, there's, there's purpose for them. I imagine they're sitting in that synagogue in amazement. Some of y'all sitting here just still kind of looking at me like, I don't know. And some are like, okay, there is hope for me. There's hope left. I still have breath in this body. I, I can be used. Amen. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So as I mentioned earlier, demons know that in order to do business on this planet, a spirit has to have a human body. They can influence humans because of the law given by the kingdom of the universe, but they just can't jump in and take over without your permission. I don't know about nobody else, but I can say hallelujah. Because at one point in my life, there were folks that would say that a, uh, that a spirit can jump. I'm like, wait a minute, they can jump? Yeah, they can jump. They'll jump all over you. So I went through the scriptures, and I did not find one instance where a spirit jumped from one person to another person without having some permission. I could not find it. Now, if you all are better than me and better scholars, then y'all can really do y'all hermeneutics, and y'all email me. Y'all get sunflowernomad at gmail.com. Y'all tell me exactly where y'all found that scripture. All right? It wasn't there. They had to get permission. Uh, somebody told me this week, they said, well, what about the ones that said, ask the ones that was in that man and they went into the pigs? I said, they got permission. Yes. They could not do it without permission. So I want to just look at something. You know, God gave that decree, but let me tell you how he kept that decree. In Isaiah 9, it says, For unto us a child is born, earth suit. To us a son is given, spirit, son of God. And the government, kingdom of God, would be on his 
shoulders, yep, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He kept his own law. His own law. Even he knew that he couldn't just go have his spirit jump into somebody without their permission. Now, where are we with the Holy Spirit? You have to in, what, invite him in. Invite him in. He's not just going to go take over just because I think you need the Holy Spirit today, bro. Get him. <laughs> it don't work like that. Don't work like that. I want to just briefly talk about a couple more things, and then I'm going to let you all go. Um, I don't know about y'all, but my brain would be in awe because watching a demon talk to this man over here, as, as the people in the synagogue saw, I, my mind probably would not be processing all of that interaction as, the, as what was really taking place. There were layers to that. I'd probably be like, Some of y'all probably be there too. But it's a deep thought. Because that authority that he, that he was working with was, was really no joke. That authority was not his own authority. The authority that he was working with was given to him. I want to talk about that because authority, you cannot take it from somebody else. It has to be given. I read in one of my study books... This says, and I quote, personal authority can be defined as the intrinsic gifts a person or thing possesses in order to fulfill the purpose for which that person or thing was placed on this earth. Because it is intrinsic, every person has the ability to fulfill his or her authority in the area of their domain, of his or her, its gifting. It works in unity with others. It does not absurd someone else's authority. We all need one another in this thing. I don't know what your, your dominion is. Some of y'all can see some of my giftings here. It's what God has given me. But my gifting is no better than yours. It's not. And if there's one thing that walks out of this today, you all is we are all in this together. There are no big I's and no little U's in this thing, this kingdom of God. It is not. We all need one another. He did not put everything into us individually. He put a little over here, a little over there, a bit over here, accordingly. And he expects us to get along and to make it work together. That's what the kingdom of God does, y'all. It's not a soul person on a soul island. Yeah. We work together. Matt used some time ago, improvising here, because it just hit me. He used about, the, he preached on, on this um, lion, the call of the lion. You know that when a lion finds his, um, something to eat, even if it's bigger than he is, the male lion goes, oh, 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 oh. And those in his pride, they hear that call and they come and they work together to take down whatever that food is so they can all in that community eat. The call is going out. 
we come together in our dominions to make it work. What are we making work? We are making, we are expanding the kingdom of God on this earth. We, okay, let me do it again. We are expanding the kingdom of God on this earth. It is one heart at a time. One heart at a time. Now, some of us may get really, really uh, uh, blessed and have two of them at the same time that we are sharing the kingdom of God with. It just may be. I don't know if we're going to have any Cornelius moments like Peter had, but, you know, the Red Sea opened up. It could happen. Dennis, you can go to somebody's house and they have a whole bunch of people and you share the kingdom of God and all of them save and you go out in the backyard and baptize everybody. I don't know. It could happen. <laughs> but what does it mean? What does all this mean? It means that this heart that I'm talking about, you all, I'm not talking about this organ in a chest. I'm not talking about your emotions either. There is a Greek word that's actually used in Matthew 4, 17. And I'm going to butcher it, and I'll tell you that now. Meta, let me spell it. I know how to do that. M-E-T-A-N-O-E-L-I-T-E. That word that was used in Matthew 4, 17, it means to change one's mind or purpose. Y'all, it takes place in our subconsciousness. Your subconsciousness is who you really are. All of your experiences, it's like your hard drive. All of your experiences, your reactions, everything is in that subconscious. When that subconscious is lined up with heaven, this is what Paul says needs to be renewed. This is what Jesus says Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It has to do with your mind. You can get your body into gear and do certain things. That's your behavior. But when your mind is out of alignment with your behavior, you only, you, you, you're normally going to do what that subconscious mind is telling you to do. And that thing needs to be reprogrammed. And you cannot be reprogrammed by osmosis. It's not just going to fall on you. You have to do some work with it. The things that go in your ear, the things that go through your eyes, the environment around you, who you surround your places, who you surround yourself with, they all impact that subconscious person. There are some things inside of that that has to come out in order for the kingdom of God to come in. There are areas that are darkness inside of us that the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, needs to come in. But you got to be willing to do it. Okay. I want to share one other thing with you. You know that now that you are here to exercise your dominion, to bring the kingdom of heaven, culture, into your at. You know that you, who you are, because Matt, the first few years that I was here, he hammered so hard on who you are. I've went over who you are today. There shouldn't be, no, be one person in here that do not know that they are a child of God, that they're a citizen of the kingdom, that you're an ambassador. Nobody in here, lowercase k, lowercase q. 
Nobody in here should walk out and say, I don't know who I am. Everybody knows that now. You all know that you have a responsibility as well to bring this kingdom culture into your at wherever you are. Now, there may be somebody here today who don't even know what I'm talking about. I am so far out in left field. Let me see if I can make it a little more clear for you, if I can. I'm going to stick to script this time. So you might have a question. Somebody say, I don't know, but it sounds like something that I, I want to be a part of. Because I'm, I'm tired of where I am. I'm tired of feeling oppressed, depressed. I'm tired of being stressed and feeling helpless. And, and I don't have any power every time I turn around. Wherever I go, these things are just constantly beating me up. This is your day. This is your Kairos moment. To enter into this kingdom of God, one must go in through the gate. The gate is none other than Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. He's the king of this colony with a capital K, y'all. Capital K. Believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that he was born of a virgin, as the prophet Isaiah said in 714. Believing that he walked the earth without sin. Believing that he willingly died in place of you for your rebelliousness and your transgressions and that he rose from the dead after three days. If you can believe this in your heart, our constitution tells us that you can be saved. What does that mean to you? What does it mean for him to be your savior? It simply means that he will become, let's start with your Lord first. It means that he will be responsible for providing, for providing your care, for protecting you, or meeting your needs, it means in return, you, the child, that you willingly submit to his authority and be obedient to the laws of his kingdom to the best of your ability. Now look, nobody's, going, nobody's perfect in this thing, but to the best of your ability. What he says to do in the Constitution, that's what you give it your best and do. He will guide you and comfort you, and he'll even send a comforter named the Holy Spirit, whose job is to keep you in whatever situation or circumstance. He'll keep you in perfect peace and be a means for you to, and the uh, Holy Spirit will be a means for you to communicate with heaven day or night. So you'll never feel lonely again. You'll never feel rejected again. You'll never feel outcasted again when you're in this kingdom. I don't know, but there may be somebody here today who is tired of the kingdom of darkness and they want something more. They want to be a part of this kingdom. They want to have that power and the authority that I talked about. They want to have that relationship with God the Father and experience that dominion. Somebody may want that today. So we're going to give you an opportunity to think that over just for a little bit. And I'm going to ask everybody to please close their eyes.